You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. No guards, no masters, only helpful advice. It's Red Dead Redemption with Auckland Union representative Justine Sachs. Morena Justine, how are you this morning? Morena Rach, I'm well thanks, and you? I'm good, thank you. Good to talk with you today. We've got texts from the listeners that have been coming in over the last couple of days and this morning, uh, which we'll get stuck into. Someone's had an accident at work, uh, which they said that their, their work has the liability for it. Do they need to take their sick leave while they're on their recovery? So this is one of the reasons that ACC exists. So we don't have, um, obviously, employers are liable for creating a health and safety violation. So I don't want to give the impression that they're not. But in terms of the financial support when someone's injured at work, that is ACC, right? Okay. Um, and ACC, if you are injured at work, um, in fact, if you're injured in any, you know, it's any kind of accident, pays 80% of your wages, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if there's been a health and safety violation at your workplace employers are liable and can be fined but it, that goes through the health and safety kind of um, track if that makes sense so the health and safety rep needs to be involved um, work safe needs to be involved and there are various fines um, for employers who breach health and safety law I mean they can be fined you know serious serious um, money yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a little bit different in terms of your sick leave. So I know that's not quite your question. Um, so, like, I just and I do because I do want to say, like, so if 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 an employer is convicted of breaching a health and safety law, they can't. So they can be fined. But also, um, people can be involved in that process, and they can be restorative justice processes, and you know, potentially financial, you know, financial um, reparations, as far as I understand it. But to more simply answer your question. ACC is the, the thing that's supposed to get involved here yeah, to make to top up your wages. Yeah, that is very good to know. If someone's having a hard time kind of getting into that, what would you recommend they do? Is ACC useful to just like chat with on the phone about this stuff? What's your what's your route in for that one? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because probably the answer to that is absolutely not. I don't think many people have great um, experiences talking to ACC on the phone. Just like it's kind of like calling Study Link. Yeah. Hey, luckily enough though, if you're a union member, there's something called the work place injury advocacy service that you can find yeah that you can find on the uh, union.org.nz that's the website for the New Zealand Council of Trade Unions if you're a union member and you're having issues with ACC obviously your first port I mean your first protocol should be your employer and ACC and they your employer should support you I mean hopefully your employer is an ACC accredited employer Mm. so it's pretty straightforward but if not yeah I, I suppose ACC is the first protocol but I will say that if you're having issues and people do have issues i'm not gonna lie to, to anyone here um workplace injury advocacy service as a union member you are entitled to jab to access that service fantastic yep. what else have we got here stella uh someone's texted in saying at my work we have to wear ppe because it's healthcare, and one of my co-workers doesn't adhere to it they say they don't want to be a snitch but it makes them uncomfortable and their manager doesn't seem to care anyway is that something that they can chat to their union about it's absolutely something you can chat to your union about. We take health and safety very, very seriously, as you can imagine. Um, it's also something you can chat to your health and safety rep about because really they have quite a bit of authority. 
in this sphere. You might want to get this person to listen to this uh, episode of Red Dead Redemption and they can find out about how they might be liable. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, health and safety is serious business um, and it's not good enough. Uh, I I would feel, yeah, I'd go to your union and your health and, your health and safety rep and that this should absolutely be good. It's your manager's job to, well, firstly, it's your colleague's job to, to wear the PPE, but it's your manager's job to manage that if that's not happening. So clearly, like, there's two fail-safes not working, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that needs, that, that absolutely needs to be escalated. Excellent. If you don't know who your health and safety rep is, I'm presuming if this person works in healthcare, there's going to be a health and safety rep established. Let's just run on that basis, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you don't actually know who that person is, how do you find out? Maybe if you're also trying to not let your manager know that that's what you're doing? I don't know. It's a tricky one. So that information should be somewhere publicly available. So in most workplaces, they'll have a plaque or, you know, like there'll be um, a little piece of paper that is publicly available to everyone, which will state who the health and safety reps are. If that's not there, firstly, that should be, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's it's really, it needs to be like information that anyone can access at any point, right? And know where to access that. So that's a health and safety issue in and of itself, okay? Um, But, um, you know, I suppose, I guess ask your colleagues, but I'd be really wary if that if that information is not publicly available somewhere in the workplace. Should be on like the notice board. Um, the, you know, most healthcare workplaces that I work in, they'll have a special sort of. And most and most workplaces, I hope, I, most workplaces that I've seen will have um, you know a notice board with this specific health and safety information. Your health and safety rep and all that information should be there. If it's not. That in and of itself needs to be raised with the manager ASAP. Totally. Yeah, they need to do something about that, yeah. Uh, we've got a text from someone whose boss has asked them, uh, or whose boss has mandated that 50% of the working week needs to be in the office. Uh, they want some advice on negotiating this. There's nothing in their contract about it, and they started doing working from home during the lockdown, and there's sort of been a bit of weird, niggly wiggle room around how it's worked until now. So uh, what's your advice for this person? So my advice is, uh, obviously we can't go back in time, but just in you know going forward for anyone applying for a role, if you're promised a certain set of conditions, is get that in writing and get that in your contract, okay? Because this is the kind of thing where there is custom and precedence, so people are, are promised certain things, and then yeah. suddenly that's unilaterally changed. So um, firstly, like the, the best time to negotiate it is when you're accepting a role and to put that in your contract. Uh, align your contract about you know where you're working, your place of work. It's a very normal thing to have in your contract, and if you were promised or if you were told you could work from home and suddenly that's changed, good place, yeah, in future, just some advice. Um, yeah, you know, if you've been working from home and that's in the custom and precedent, and precedent, they really shouldn't be able to change that without your agreement. I mean, and that's like the law, but it's a bit it's a bit of a gray area in the sense that nothing's in writing, so it's a bit difficult, yeah. as you can imagine, right? Um, you absolutely can negotiate it. You might want to mention that this is in the custom, this is how you work, that your work, your working location can't be changed without your agreement, that, you know, you, you, you want to come to a, an agreement with your boss and this it's not something that can come top down if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, right? Um, this is exactly the kind of thing we can negotiate in collective agreements. And this is why we want, you know, I've, I've realized on this show, I talk a lot about joining your union as an individual. Yeah. But I think I need to talk about unionizing your workplace because the, the real main point of joining a union is you have a collective agreement. You can collectively bargain and negotiate these kinds of terms and conditions. And you don't have to be 
on your own some lonesome, you know, having this like really <laughs> awkward um, negotiation with your employer where you don't have any leverage because yeah. you're just an individual. So this is exactly the kind of thing we can negotiate in a collective agreement and it's, it's really the main point of joining a union. Obviously, you have some protections as an individual union member, but the main point of joining a union is getting a collective agreement, right? It's about that, that solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> hey, Justine, thank you so much for your wise advice. As always, we will talk to you again in a fortnight. Take care. Kaki te. Yeah, take that, the man. Red Dead Redemption with Auckland Union Representative Justine Sachs. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.